a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey guys, joining me this week as AEW makes the return to the DFW area on December the 15th at the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas. How many adjectives can I use to describe our guest today? Olympian, Hall of Famer, all-around badass, and the inventor of the Hall of Pain, my man, Mark Henry. Mark, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing great, man. How are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's been a while since you and I have chatted. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the... Man, how is life in AEW treating it? Man, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I was just saying today that I go to work, if you want to call it that, no stress, uh, feeling like you have an impact, and I get to see uh, the best wrestling on television every week. And as a wrestling fan, uh, to have the seat that I have is pretty damn amazing. Well, now, was the transition pretty easy for you? I mean, like I, I know that you step into that role, but you know, you had a lot of years with with the other company. Was it a hard decision to make? Uh, it, I mean, it, it wasn't a hard decision to make, being that I knew what I wanted to do, and I didn't have the opportunity to do it. You know, if you're hungry and you don't go feed yourself, then who's the idiot? That's right. You know, you you gotta you gotta look out for yourself. And, and that's what I did. Um, it has not been a hard uh, change of venue for me, uh, primarily because I'm doing what I love. And I, I always did it, uh, but it, it, was not, it was not looked upon as, I couldn't be looked at as an executive. I couldn't be looked at as somebody that was uh, trying to further the business, which is uh, was my goal once I felt like I was not at the speed that I used to be in the ring. And uh, I wanted to go out while I was still able to actually do it rather than let it retire me. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of guys stay in there too long, I think. And I didn't want to be that guy. Well, the guy that you are now, of course, obviously everybody knows, you know, your your history and your career, but it's like you offer some invaluable insight. Uh, I, I'm envious of those in the locker room to get to to be near this, you know, uh, this vault of information. Um, doing this now for you, what do you think is the part of your career that you get asked about the most from the people that you're coaching? Uh, mostly the politics of wrestling, the how-to of wrestling, the furthering the business questions. Uh, I get 
wrestling technique. I get wrestling psychology. I, I get the the where, when, and how uh, questions. But mostly, people want to know how, how do you transition from being a wrestler to uh, working in the office? Uh, how do you gain the skills? Where do you study to know how to work with people? Um, the systems in entertainment uh, warrant that you, you know people and you have to have a strong Rolodex that you can call on at any time. And I've always been kind of a people person. I, I navigated those waters pretty closely uh, from Olympic sports uh, till now I'm on a host of different boards. Um, right. And I try to get athletes to do that. Join a, 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 the Future Farmers of America board, like whatever, like whatever you're interested in, uh, be a part of. I'm newly one of the members of the USA Weightlifting Federation board and are going to be working with uh, the U.S. weightlifting team as well as the Olympic Committee. Um, Outstanding. That's, that's something that I've always wanted to do. I just never really had the, the time to do it. And now that I'm able to uh, put all of these people in the same room uh, with AEW and the Olympic Committee and uh, – Busted open at Sirius XM, and uh, I'm sitting here talking to you on iHeart. Like uh, crossing the lines is something that draws people in. Yeah. People want to see you have success in multiple platforms, and that's what I try to explain to young wrestlers. Like cross brand yourself, have have exposure to other things, and learn how to work. It's only going to add uh, to whatever you you know where you're getting your main check. For sure. Well, as you can kind of see in the background here, I had a, a 20 plus year history in the music industry. And I always would tell the, the people that I worked with and managed that it's more than just playing your instrument. You also have to kind of play the game. Uh, talk to me about that a little bit. Is it after they've got the skill in the ring, what's what's the other main skill that gets them to that next level? Well, I, I was a communications guy as well as a biomechanical science guy. Uh, I've done more with the communication skills than I did uh, the biomechanical <laughs> science. Uh, I, I, I use that on my kids, uh, the Mark Henry Strong Kid program that I that I started. Um, but that's usually only summer sports. But the communications, being able to communications is not just talking. Uh, communications is logistics. Communications is understanding who you're talking to and what medium you're talking to them in and being able to focus the narrative on what you want to get across. Our nar whole nar primary narrative right now is pro wrestling. Um, AEW, where is it going? What is my focus in AEW? Like once you're able to really hone in and know um, the, the meat of what you're talking about, then you can have success. And, but it's almost, it's, it's crucial though. It's like, you can't do, you can have one or the other. You got to have both. You got to have it all. And uh, people are going to respect the people that have been there and done that 
But as you know, uh, you've worked with some really talented people that their talent only lied in playing that instrument or singing or right. Uh, but to be able to produce and hear what the crowd wants to hear rather than what you just want to hear uh, or being able to put together a tour or, you know, being able to do marketing uh, for whatever song that you wrote. If you wrote a, you know, you look at Prince, Prince, Prince had 125, 130 songs that were unreleased yeah. because he didn't think they were good enough. That's right. But you, that was to his standard, not to everybody else's. That's true. That's true. Do you see the Prince uh, Museum I have here in my office here? I don't know if you can see this or not. But Oh, uh, I, actually, I do. I see it now. I, I didn't even notice that back there. Yeah. When when he did the 21 Nights at the Forum in L.A., I uh, fanned out and I, I went. I was at most of them. So you're speaking my language by using that example. And, it, and it's a great one, too, because because like you said, he, um, you know, people always want to sometimes only listen to themselves versus getting that advice. And it's only then once they're able to kind of open themselves up to it where that can those things can happen. Right. That was what the whole movie Purple Rain was about. Yeah. You know, getting out of your own head and listening to the world. Yeah. Listen to the people you work with, being able to communicate. And then after that communication process is over, boom, now you're a megastar. That's right. That's right. And he understood that early on, which is pretty amazing to his testament. Speaking of of people understanding things early on, what, tell me a, a few names here that you're working with on the AEW roster that's really got you excited. Um, Hobbs, uh, Wardlow, uh, Darby Allen, uh, Dante Martin is like, I mean, I, I'm, I, I love working with him. Um, I, I, Jay Cargill and Thunder Rosa, if, if I can keep them from at, being at each other's throats, um, then I, I feel like uh, I can mention one, or the, one over the other, but I can't. Right, because right. They'll, they'll both be angry that I didn't mention them. So, uh, <laughs> but but you look at people like Britt Baker, man, and all the unbelievable talent that has that has joined AEW over the last six months. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to just pick one or two. You yeah. know, like I mean, there there's about fifteen people that at any moment can be the champ. Yeah, and then there's another fifteen behind them that can give them a real good run. Yeah. And then there's another 15 that they're the future. Yeah. And you just keep going down and down and down the ladder and everybody wants to be on the top rung. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our great sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Now, Hey guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, if you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma. Uh, it's a, I guess it's about an hour and a half maybe north of, of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world. The proprietor, owner, and just all-around badass, Barbara Haran, p- puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life. 
Uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace and we would all would be uh, better for it. It's just this amazing uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue and dinner is included, uh, unlimited drinks are included. Um, you know, she treats her staff so well, they're not getting the whatever the $2 an hour and relying on tips things. She makes, she takes good care of them. N literally none of them have had to suffer uh, throughout the pandemic, thankfully. Uh, Barb's just a great gal, a great person, uh, very creative and just uh, just one of my favorite people. And so if you're ever in Greenville or even near, anywhere near Dallas, make a point to visit the Texan Theater in, in, uh, in Greenville. And as you know, we're working on our uh, uh, King's X film project, you know, as you know, I'm a filmmaker myself, and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon. Uh, but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh, with King's X there at the Texas Theater uh, as soon as we can get this sucker done. So, so once again, Texan Theater in Greenville, check it out. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh my lord! Back to the action. Well, you know, it's I know I was putting you on the hot seat there because if you fail to mention somebody's name, they might be mad at you. But I, but in terms of the future, you know, I I actually did a stint here in the Dallas Fort Worth area doing doing uh, heel color for a local promotion. And one of our bright stars at the time was a guy named that wrestles for you guys now named Fuego del Sol. And I got to see him literally at the very beginning of his tryout match down here to what he's attained. Talk to me about, have you worked with Fuego at all? Talk to me about seeing his, his rise and stuff. I have, and he is an unbelievable talent. I mean, you could do everything. Uh, if anything, uh, Fuego is uh, vertically challenged and he's not the biggest guy in the room, uh, but he works like it. I mean, if, you, if you've seen uh, his matches over the last year, um, man, he's been in there with people with the likes of Roots, uh, uh, well, formerly the artist known as <laughs> Rusev, and Miro is a guy that he had a match with that I was really proud of. I thought that he should be really proud of it. And um, even, even though he had a, a loss this week against Hook, um, he didn't play to his strengths. And that's, that's the thing. He's got so many abilities, he wants to use them all. But when you, when you work with a carpenter, you know, nine times out of 10, the first tool that a carpenter is going to pull out is a ruler. Yeah. He's going to measure everything. He's going to see what needs to be fixed and how you need to fix it and what angle. And then he uses the hammer. That's what we have to work with with Fuego. Like, put the measuring stick out first and then pull out the hammer, which is Tornado DDT. And he's got a lot more tools than the DDT. But I, if, listen, fill them out and hit them with the hammer, Fuego. That's what I just want to see him hit people with that hammer, but he's, he's, um, he's trying too many things in my opinion. And he, a guy like him, uh, you can go a long way with him. If we can get him on a run, he yeah. just need to get that run going. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I found him to be also quite teachable. 
uh, and quite. Oh God, yes. He's a sponge. Totally. He's he's one of those people that that comes to me and asks a hundred questions. He's like, man, I'm not bothering you. No, you're not bothering me. Like you ask me all the questions you want, and uh, I love that. Well, I'm glad to hear that too, because like I said, he was just, in our experience, he was just, again, very teachable. He was hungry. You know, he had, he, he wanted it bad enough. And I, and I felt like that there was going to be success in his future. And I'm glad, I'm glad to see it. And now he, I said, he would sit in the locker room and just listen to people talking and people that would come through the territory and things like that. Speaking of territory, uh, hit me with this, man. You have a lot of history here. This is this is your part of the world right here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, when you when you when you come back, I know you live in Austin, but when you come back to this part of, of Texas, what do you think about? Like, what is kind of one of your first memories that kind of hits you? Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm right here in Austin, and uh, born and raised Texan, uh, still live in Texas, and. When I come to Dallas, um, I think about the the wars that I had with the guys that I had them with, and I think about the history of yeah. Texas wrestling. Uh, I, I work with indie promotions um, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I, I work with uh, indie promotions in Beaumont and uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. So, like you know, me. Um, you know, working around Texas is, is no, I'm no stranger to it. Right. Um, you know, I've had WrestleManias in Texas. I, I mean, you, you name it, uh, I've done it. And uh, my dog is over there spying on me. We're, we're um, dog friendly here. It's all good. <laughs> easy, Murphy, easy. <laughs> but like, um, uh, Texas is definitely a hotbed for pro wrestling. And the old school Texas style is, um, is, is wanted. And when we come uh, to any of our Texas homes, uh, we want to bring that. And I think that you're going you're gonna to see a lot of that old school Texas wrestling uh, coming up on Wednesday. Well, I'm excited for it because last time you guys were here, that's kind of what my takeaway was. I was like, man, this feels like the, it feels almost like an old world class show or something because it had you know, that, that fan-friendly vibe, but also with the great big production. And well, what that, do you think about the crowd? White hot, man. Like, just over the top. And just, you can't help but get caught up in that. It was so much because fun. Because you allowed them to do as they please within the rules. That's right. And not micromanage. And let That's them have a good time. If I pay my money to go have a good time, and you're telling me what I can't do in the breaks, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. I want my money back, and I, I'll go somewhere else. Hey, stay within the rules, guys. Y'all have a good time. That's that's the way we roll. I, tell, I, I, I love that because and one thing I will say I'll appreciate that right when the show started, there was, you guys had posted kind of like a little like rules of conduct, like you're saying, like stay within the rules. I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. I had just covered the Money in the Bank uh, event. It was the same week when y'all were here and, and had one of the worst experiences that was the opposite of that with unruly fans and you know cursing in front of kids and all this kind of, kind of deal. It was just such a different crowd. It was just this, it was like the crowds that I remember when I would go see yeah. wrestling as a kid. 
And that's something that I wasn't sure I was ever going to get to see again. So that's, that's I, very I didn't need it. for me. I didn't need it. I, I didn't think I was going to get to see it again either. And um, being a fan of wrestling, I, I go to a bunch of shows, bunch of shows. That's awesome. To scout talent mainly, but I just want to see what wrestling looks like in this modern era. Yeah. And um, as far as I can see, AEW is doing it uh, the best. And I'm so fortunate to, to be a part of that company and to be able to contribute to their growth. And I, I can't wait for Wednesday. I think winter is coming. is going to be one that we'll talk about for a long time. And you guys have just been firing on all cylinders, like all, all year long, but really, especially the last like six months, like you said, like with all the new talent coming, but you being there, early on before all of this really offered a legitimacy to the, to the company. I mean, I mean, we, we forget that because it's happened so quickly that right now AEW is the hot shit show, but this was still something, it's still a new company. Uh, talk to me about what you entering the company and the legitimacy that you felt that you brought to it. You know what? Um, you have people like Paul White and um, you, you had the likes of, uh, Christian Cage and um, so many, many more talents. But then you had people like Jim Ross that were able to, to come over and, and give some legitimacy. What, what I bring to the table is international flair, um, having a diverse portfolio, uh, bringing in Olympic fans, bringing in um, people from the radio and entertainment world outside of WWE. Right, right. And, you know, to be able to consult with the, with the boss uh, and, and say, hey, man, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, not many people get to do. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a sounding board, too. Like, anything... I'm, I'm willing to listen to anything and say, you know what, I think that'd be great. Or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I give my honest assessment. Uh, sometimes we have some, uh, I don't know, let's just wait and see moments. But for the most part, uh, it's, yeah, that would be good. Or, no, I don't think that'll work. And uh, even if the opinion is not taken, uh, you got to voice it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's sometimes more important than take, having your opinion taken is just the consideration. For sure. What would you say is your proudest moment uh, with, the, with personally and also as a company that's taken place this year? Wow. Um, I think the, the proudest moment have been behind the scenes watching other people uh, flourish with some of the tools that I'm, I'm giving them. Um, seeing people do really well that before were shy or uh, didn't have enough experience, you know, in the ring and needs a little boost of ego and confidence. Um, you know, there's people that worked in a mask before and those people that worked in a mask, you know, you don't, you don't have to see expression in their face, you know, 
to be able to say, hey, let me point this out to you. you you're not very expressive. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom. Now they have all of this action and drama being brought out in their face. Uh, those are those are great moments when people listen and they put what you said to work. For sure. Well, again, the show is happening December the 15th. There's still a few tickets left available. It's happening at the Curtis Colwell Center, just north of Dallas in the Garland area. Uh, you guys blew the freaking roof off that joint uh, last time, and it looks like you're set to do it again. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit of what they can expect coming to the show this Wednesday? Well, this is going to be a pay-per-view type of atmosphere because basically it is. It's just for television. It's just a pay-per-view for TV that you don't have to pay for. Um, but I, I, I really do see that in the future, uh, this, this could possibly be every year around Christmas, uh, a pay-per-view. Uh, the winter is coming, coming is going to be something that we'll talk about uh, for a long, long time outstanding man and you know that's what's so cool about AEW is it's so fan friendly it just it seems like it's a fun place to work it looks like everybody's having a good time and it's work yeah it's work don't get me wrong right it just don't feel like it but sometimes you go to work and you feel like man why are you looking over my shoulder why are you micromanaging me you paid me to do the job like you don't get that yeah and, and man, that, that's big, man. Like to, to have artistic freedom to, to be able to go in and, and, and make a decision and say, you know what? I see that needs work. Let me go over there and work on it. Yeah. Rather than, hey, I want to be a part of the group that does this. I don't, I don't have to ask. Like, right. go do it. Right. Make it right. better. And it's and not that- about always getting the credit. Yeah. You know, so many people want to get the, oh, good job. But sometimes it's like you're already getting paid to do something. Why not just go and and you see a bunch of ball bearings fall on the ground? Don't stand there and start calling for the guy with the broom. Start picking them up. Right, right. And that's what we do. We we all go to work. Now, Paul White, of course, who wrestled as the big show uh, uh, previously, he's with one of your best friends. He's the one who inducted you into the Hall of Fame. He had already had come to AEW before you, right? Was he telling you, like, hey, man, it's a lot of fun over here? Uh, he told me that he, he, he was really enjoying doing commentary. Um, but we didn't talk about – he didn't even know that I was, that I was even ready to make a change. I, I, never, I never told anybody. Okay. And that's why it was such a big surprise and a big shock. Is because I never alluded to it. And he was like, oh, you bastard. You could have told me. It, but it was all in fun. I thought it was great. <laughs> I did too. Because, I mean, again, as a, as a fan, as an outsider, it did seem like a big surprise. When you were part of the Legend show that January before you came, came to the show, or uh, came to AEW and made your debut in May, did you already know at that show in January that you were on your way out? No. Okay. When did it come to you? You know what? Probably about a month before I, I made the decision. Um, I thought to myself, like, I, I want to be more than an executive role. Um, I'm, I, I really do think that me being in the ring 
uh, was over. And maybe I had another run left in me. I, I, I don't know. It depends on how I feel. But during that time, it was so up in the air. And I was doing things that were not in my job description. I was doing stuff, basically other people's jobs. Yeah. And not getting paid for it. And I'm like, why am I doing all of this work? And other people are reaping the benefits. Yeah. And um, I got a, a fly that loves me. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Um, they, they love me and shit. <laughs> Something we have in common, my friend. <laughs> but but I, I wanted to get the respect and the accolades that went behind me working uh, the way that I work because um, I would spend more of my time in the production office um, and talking to wrestlers than uh, doing anything for myself. Right. So. Uh, it was only right that I I be uh, a member of the office. For sure. But you seem happier. I mean, you know what I mean? You look happier. I hear you on commentary. I can I can tell you're enjoying yourself, man. And it feels good for the for the fan to witness that. I'm, I'm having a ball, man. And I, I if anybody is a, a, a fan of pro wrestling and you want to you want to hear somebody actually in their element, like. Go on, go on YouTube and look up Dark and, and Elevation. Like, we have such a good time uh, calling those shows. And, you know, I feel like that Dynamite and Rampage commentary are for the main announcers and, and wrestlers to be in those spots because they, they're the ones that need to get that, that TV time. That's uh, right. And, you know, that's that's... That's just my view on it. That's the way that I wanted to do it. And that's what Tony sees. And um, that's what we're doing. Well, I also think it's a great bargain for, for the, the person who attending. Because when I went, I didn't realize how long of a show it was going to be. I got there at the scheduled time and all that. And I and this is a you get a lot of wrestling for for your dollar there. Not only do you get the the two tapings, but you also get again the AEW Dark. There was even some preliminary matches. It's going to be a great, great, great night of action. Again, it's going down December the fifteenth, just two short days away from here. Mark, um, again, happening at the Curtis Cowell Center. There's a, still just a few tickets available, and like you mentioned. It's like going to a pay-per-view, except without having to, you know, another fan-friendly thing. You don't have to pay the, uh, or go through all the channels of having a pay-per-view. You get it right, right. there on television. Uh, so speaking of pay-per-view, I, I debated sharing this with you or not, but I was going to tell you something quick, f- funny here at the very end here. You mentioned about having a, I, I pray you don't remember this. Um, uh, you mentioned about having a WrestleMania moment here in Dallas. And I inadvertently entered myself into the hall of pain that night and i'll tell you why very briefly uh after the wrestlemania show of course they have the big party at the hotel and all that and i'm not the world's biggest drinker at all by any means and i somehow found myself having a few drinks with steve austin uh in the bar area at the the fairmont there and if you remember whenever you would enter the hotel there's that spinny door thing, and you had to you had to show the maybe you had to show the hotel card to get in. It was like right, right. getting out of there. 
Well, I had to get the hell out of there because, again, I'm not the world's biggest drinker. And I, I say goodbye to Steve. I'm going out the door and this thing is spinning me around and somehow it spits me out and I turn around and I somehow am like this face to face with you, sir. <laughs> Probably not a good interaction. <laughs> and I I'm, was, a I'm a space guy. Give me my space. Right. But I was thinking too, I was like, you know, of all people, of all people that I could have come face to face with, to end this experience, I was like, I don't even think my feet were even touching the ground. <laughs> and I was that's, like, that's awesome. I was like, ah, oh, I've, I've entered the hall of pain inadvertently. <laughs> Mark, well, I'm, 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 I'm glad that we had an interaction. Oh, it was a lot of fun. And you were so cool about it, man. And you were making sure I got home safe and all that. And I appreciate that to you, sir. Mark, thanks again so much, man. I, I appreciate you joining us this week. Uh, again, we're looking forward to uh, a great night of action just two short days away. And my brother, I hope that we'll have a chance to talk again soon. Let's do it, man. Love to have you back on anytime. All right, man. Thank you. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals. Distributed by iHeartRadio. Created and directed by Roy Turner. Edited and mastered by Marcus Miller. Theme music by The Buckpats. Original score by Jocelyn Hunt. Artwork by Antora Sandy. Marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.